BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Oh, God. You know, we did a lot of research this last couple of weeks. Obviously, we're learning a lot about sloops. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oy, oy, oy. Is, that a, yeah. is that an app? It sounds like a video game. You're going to find out what the fuck a sloop is today, my friend. Okay, are we getting? Are we being problematic right no. now? Because I don't know. Is no, that a, no, is that a, it's, it's is not that a, a slur from 2022. No. no, but the thing about sloops is that's kind of where I hit my history wall, mm-hmm. right? Like, as soon as we get to, like, what type of mast, the gunner arm, <laughs> once we get to the bow sprint, I don't know what anything is. Yeah. I'm boat blind. Like, I, I, I really? can't tell the difference. But you know what I did do? Is I went in a deep dive on just how gay pirates were. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that and seems more like a that's a real house. Oh Why yeah, not? dude. And guess what, man? They gay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast of the left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with the newly aroused Henry Zabrowski. Hey, 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 hey! Something's got to happen on the wide open seas. And the forever strong Marcus Parks. I had uh, a great joke that I wanted to share. Okay. Oh, great, 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 great. Uh, great yes, great, great. I am. Um, it's culinary themed. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it based on last episode. Uh, PieRate.com. Send me pictures of pies <laughs> and I rate them. And I rate them from, mm, I would eat that. That's number one. Uh-huh. To number five, mm, I would eat that and enjoy it. Why do we do a show? So isn't that like, nice? Why do we do a show? PieRate.com. Mm, I'd eat that. Mm, I'd eat that and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the base of just, I'll eat it. <laughs> Pirates.com. All right, everyone, we are on to part two of Black Beard. Now, there are no official records of Blackbeard's birth or his youth, nor of how he came to the business of privateering like so many other pirates before and after. But the legend goes that Blackbeard was the son of a privateer who'd been active during the Dutch Wars before returning to Bristol to father little Blackbeard. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the farts of the Dutch Wars, the Dutch (laughs) ovens that occurred? God, and just the smell of the inside of a wooden shoe. Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys do that with your relationships? Is that fun? The Dutch 
oven. I feel like kids used to make Absol- everyone smell each other's farts. No, and stuff. no, no, that's no, not something that no. two married men in their late thirties do to no, their wives. I don't. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get a bunch of DMs that say otherwise. <laughs> no, yeah. people do. People are into the fart thing, and they say yeah. that like, oh, it's fun to fart in front of your spouse. But we don't. I actually go into another room to fart. Yeah, oh yeah. no, I fart in front of my spouse plenty. Well, a you lot. have to. Yeah, you have to. But it. But I don't make a game of it. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm not it's weaponizing only the most it. Serious of times. Okay. By what historians can loosely put together, Blackbeard's father died soon after Blackbeard's birth, and he was replaced with a cruel stepfather who regularly beat Blackbeard. Sure. This drove a 16-year-old Edward Teach to sign on to a ship as a cabin boy, where he worked transporting either goods or enslaved people to Jamaica. That's right. I'm so sick of being abused. I'm going to go become a... Cabin boy. I'm a cabin boy now. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be a cabin man. You have to go through a lot of other cabin boys. Uh, but I don't think Blackbeard needed to get beat to become a pirate. Yeah. There's a lot of stories if you really to get into deep in the idea of the nature of a privateer or a boucanier, which I got into, mm-hmm. which is they it's familial. It runs in the family a lot of times. So just Papa being privateer probably made baby be privateer because you get trained up as a little kid. And yeah. especially back in the day in the original versions of piracy, pirateers, boucaniers, yeah. the filibustiers, <laughs> they also, they needed a large amount of sea training yeah. just to do the job. Oh, Later great. on, pirates would be, it would be like mixed. They'd have a bunch of different style, like whoever showed up because the way they would advertise for pirate ships is they literally would just put up a, a, a sign that said, looking for adventure, which is incredible. <laughs> but then you just get raped on the ocean for years right yeah cabin boy that's a fun position now we know nothing of blackbeard's life as a cabin lad but we do know that he worked his way up to captain fairly quickly from what the math suggests blackbeard was in his late teens or early 20s by the time he was commanding at the very least a small vessel Wow, I actually didn't realize how young. So is that was that normal for a captain to be in their teens? It's very normal for pirates to be. Most pirates were in their 20s. The wow. vast majority of pirates were in their 20s, even captains, but That's usually funny. like late 20s. It was hard living. Yeah. If yeah. You have to be a certain type of person to want to sleep out rough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pirates used to sleep on the actual surface of the ship. It, right. It's, it's difficult. You yeah. had to go piss in the bottom. You would go shit off the top. <laughs> right. It was very difficult. Yeah. yeah. All right. I just always thought of them as older. Well, once actually once Blackbeard became once he became Blackbeard, he was in his like early to mid 30s. But that actually made him like by far the oldest guy on board. Huh. But, and he had like an air of superiority. He had like kind of like this air of seniority over his men just because he had, he had survived that long. Yeah. Wow. Younger was later then. Yeah. But regardless of age, when Blackbeard was still Edward Teach and working on the legitimate side of the seafaring business, he likely made his base at Port Royal in Jamaica. Now, in the late 17th century, Port Royal was the unofficial capital of Jamaica and about as rough as any place on Earth. It just said that is the soundtrack of Port Royal to the point where it must have gotten pretty fucking obnoxious. Yeah, been like, Can you guys stop yarning for a goddamn second? I'm trying to write me journal. It reminds me of when we all went to have some food at the smokehouse after you guys saw Northman yeah, and continued like, to grunt. <laughs> Dog man. Well, Port Royal was basically a frontier town on the beach. And like most frontier towns, it gave both criminals and civilians ample opportunity to spend their hard-earned pay on drink and women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Porn drinks 
on a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, Port Royal had the most taverns and brothels of any port in the entire Americas. Wow. Leading Puritans in New England to call Port Royal the Sodom of the New World. Sure. Indeed. And I got to tell you this, this is a great place to be a herpy. Man, here's the herpy club. We're <laughs> dominating all over this place. I got, I was on three dudes just yesterday. <laughs> Dude. Well, the uh, ship surgeon, which is one of the only civilians they would normally have on a ship, Mostly his job was cutting sores off of pirates. <laughs> yep. That's like, what do you do? He'd mend bones and he'd do shit. But the most, the, a, yeah. a, a surgeon's biggest job was being like, yeah, this is going to fall off in about two weeks. Right. <laughs> I'm getting too horny for this. The horniest pirate ship surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes, it's oozing. Mm, yeah. It's Pop it with my mouth. <laughs> but as it goes in the Caribbean, Natural disaster is never far behind progress, and much to the delight of soulless American moralists like Boston's Cotton Mather, the Sodom of the New World soon had its day of judgment. Oh, it's very biblical. Yeah. Interesting. In 1692, an earthquake measuring an estimated 7.5 on the Richter scale absolutely destroyed Port Royal in what sounds like the most terrifying natural disaster in the Americas until the Galveston hurricane of 1900. At around 11 o'clock in the morning, the ground began to quake, and the residents soon discovered that Port Royal was built not on bedrock, yeah. but sand. Yeah, dude. That is very biblical, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because if you wow. think about this whole criminal enterprise, where they all thought, oh, merriment and enjoyment, training, seafaring, and rape. What an amazing <laughs> place to be. But then it sunk down to the depths of the ocean wow. like it never was there before. Yeah. That's creepy. When the plates shifted underground, the loosely packed sand up top almost turned to liquid, and the buildings quickly sank below the surface. What didn't sink into the sand sunk into the ocean, because in just two minutes, a tsunami came that drowned two-thirds of the town in water so high that even the vessels docked ashore could only be seen by their high masts. Wow. There's something about pirates getting drowned. Pirates versus God. Like, <laughs> in this world, that Dude, is that really fun. That needs to be a sci-fi movie. Yeah. yeah. And I'm actually going to root for the pirates. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope the pirates kill Gaia. Yeah. It was said by survivors that the loose liquid soil then formed into literal waves of sand with fissures repeatedly opening and closing crushing everybody who fell inside. Wow, what year was this? 1692? Didn't have that on my 1692 bingo card. <laughs> that is the only reason why he asked them. Set them up and knock them down. Well, those who were simply caught in the shifting sands survived for only a short time because when the quake stopped, the sand settled and those still struggling to get free soon suffocated under the weight or they were crushed. That to me is the most terrifying oh. image oh, yeah. is someone trying to dig their way out of the sand. The Ooh. sand settles and they're halfway out and you just hear worse than drowning or not. I think it's worse than drowning. Yeah, it's drowning worse than drowning. I've yeah. heard that drowning in the moments of drowning, it's actually almost very peaceful. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what they say, but they forget the moment where you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, it does sound like this is even worse because you know you're going to die. Yeah. Oh. But because Port Royal was, after all, populated mostly by cutthroats, thieves, and embittered tavern winches, the more unsavory <laughs> characters of the town began looting homes and warehouses 
during the earthquake. Well, what are you going to do? The ground shaking? You're a professional criminal. Right? <laughs> right. Maybe you've been given a commission, a letter of mark or a whatever bullshit. You've been doing legal crime for the state for a long time. And then you're sitting here like, well, we... We must continue doing what we've always done. <laughs> Steal. Like, we have to do it. We cannot. Think about how mad they'd be. Even all those lost brothers of ours if we didn't steal their things when they were dead. I love the component of human nature. Well, during the most tragic moments for one person's life, another person just sees opportunity. Yep. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of what happened on 9-11 when a lot of scores were settled. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I'm talking to somebody about investing in stocks. And as it plummets, they like their eyeballs turn to gold spheres. And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yes, this is the time. Now that things are crumbling. And you're like, yes. that's not good. No. Once it all settled, the dead intermingled with those who had been disinterred from the Port Royal Cemetery during the earthquake had their fingers cut off afterwards by these unsavory characters so as to easily remove their rings. Cool. Also, guys, I'm sorry we have to take a small break. I have to go disinterred right now. <laughs> <laughs> you are, Johnny. You know? oh, I mean, it's the li you're the living end. Thank we know you. That. you really are. Yeah, are. Today, I feel like it. Marcus is recovering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before the earthquake struck, 6,500 people had lived in 2,000 one-story buildings in Port Royal. Afterward, 5,000 of those 6,500 were dead. Oh, my God. Either immediately during the disaster or in the following days from disease or injury. Whew. Those envied the dead. Well, cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. <laughs> Sweet. But while Port Royal never fully recovered its title of the Sodom of the New World, what was left remained a favorite port for pirates and privateers for years after. Here, Blackbeard arrived during the War of Spanish Succession, preying on French and Spanish ships from Newfoundland to Brazil as a legitimate British privateer. And you could get what they do is they give them like special flags. Mm -hmm. Again, we'll get into some of the flags. We'll get into flags mostly on part three. Yeah, but there's a whole lot of flags. Wait. There's so. a lot about flags. Uh, but then I also <laughs> read about uh, when I was reading Benever Johnson's The Sea Rover's Manual, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. They do... Uh, Everyone lied with the flags. Yeah. So it does oh. get to a point where like, what is exactly the point of having a flag system if everybody is just trying to manipulate the flag system and then gets like, the center doesn't hold. You could ask Deception. that question about any fucking human institution or any agreed upon thing ever. Everything's falling apart. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> sliding away from us. Uh, but he was, he started as a privateer. Obviously, you know, they were, so again, legal crime. They're allowed mm. to do it. Right. But what happened, one thing was a, a result of Port Royal sinking into the fucking ocean was that there was actually very few centered pirate towns. Yeah. Privateer towns were more legitimate because mm. technically they were all legal. They were all commissioned by the king. Where like something like this, it's like now he arrives back to a sunken Port Royal, which has become a pirate area, which is, mm. it looks just like from the fucking movies. It's mm -hmm. just a yeah. abandoned seaside tavern, like a party town. It's yeah. like, and filled with like, you know, ships laying on its side and shit. It's fucking awesome. I yeah. mean, it's kind of the opposite of Palm Springs. I want to thank everyone who came out to the Hall of Flowers. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to get some weed there. Where it's like everyone there is old and they go to bed early mm. and so it's not for me no. but mm -hmm. this town seems nice <sighs> nice is no it's not nice not nice no not what nice in the sense of like staying up all night and having fun with your boy <laughs> i feel like it's <laughs> I mean, yeah, very that, they, they're fun. all very unpredictable though like right. you never know when their fight's gonna break out over you took the wrong guava and like <laughs> you, you won too much on a dice game you love to gamble and honestly you'd be the perfect one they're like let's see how many swords we can get in them like, <laughs> you might be a very good uh, victim it's a 17 I'd call it dis I'd call it diseased. 
disease. It's a, it's okay. a, it's a disease. I don't place. gamble. Ag- I only gamble against the house. That's why huh? I don't play poker. Very good. Just about three card. Yeah. Well, when the War of Spanish Succession ended after 12 years in 1713, all the privateering contracts, including Blackbeard's, were canceled. <gasps> and you suddenly had an estimated 40,000 men who were out of work. Those men all had lean, fast, heavily armed, and well-manned ships that had been purposefully built to board, rob, and destroy merchant vessels. And while not all 40,000 became pirates, it's estimated that during this time period, the golden age of piracy, about 2,000 did. And honestly, 2,000 pirates is quite enough, I I guess it's enough, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Now, the first historical mention of Blackbeard is in the summer of 1717, about five years after the end of the War of Spanish Succession, of which I very much wish there was some sort of shorthand in which I could use to refer to the War of Spanish Succession. <laughs> I don't <laughs> You call it the WSS? The WS, WSS? I don't know. That's even that, that seems even more of a pain the in the ass. The War of Spanish Succession, which is all about the uni, Unidad version of the HBO Max this, <laughs> this is why, again, we've become... We've come so far as a people yeah. where, yeah, we have more war than ever and devastating lives, but we have fun names. Iraqi freedom. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> See, that rolls off the yeah. Yeah. Iraqi operation secession. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. I don't even know what that war was about. I know it's about Spanish it about, succeeding, I, but I don't know what from and for where to. Oh, but, I was going to say the Iraqi one was about freedom. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, but now you get that. This is because the Spanish, the, the king or the queen, someone in Spain died and they had no heir. And so oh, a yes. Of, they put the boy on there yeah, and all that. Like, who's going to get it? And then the French and the, the French and, and somebody else were on one side and then the English and I think the Dutch we're on the other side. So the French and French and Spain. French well, and Spain on one side, and then I want you the to join us on next the month other side for Camarcus and I's new show, Half Mumbled Paraphrase History, <laughs> where we where we promise to stumble through some of the vague talking points of some of the biggest chapters in history. And we don't even have the excuse of being drunk. <laughs> anyway, by that time, Blackbeard was working as a part of a larger pirate crew, and had that year been given command of his own sloop as a reward for outstanding achievement in the field of piracy. And a lot of times that was given because if you captured a ship, who else is going to get it? Because a lot of times pirates are looking for, they want to increase their own personal armada by other people's ships, which mm-hmm. is also what we do in Civ quite a lot. The <laughs> idea is that you want to yes. steal somebody else's armies versus <laughs> having to always generate your own. Sure. Yes, if you met Blackbeard right now, you guys would have so much to talk about. <laughs> oh, I think he'd like me. <laughs> also, once again, so we haven't fully clarified what a sloop is. I feel like it's when you get syphilis, but what is it? I will tell you right now okay. exactly what a sloop is. For those of you who aren't up on your naval terminology, belly button. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. A sloop is a single-masted sailboat. Hmm. It's just a sailboat with one mast, Close. which under the command of the right captain could be a swift and dangerous vessel, especially when you got two or three sloops supporting a massive multi-masted main vessel. And gotcha. according to the sea rover's practice, in a perfect world, a sea roving vessel was fast, light, Clean, stiff, and weatherly. <laughs> Come over here and suck this dick. Oh, no, I'm talking about Miss Loop. Oh, I see. As far as who gave Blackbeard his first pirate command and who taught him the piracy tricks of the trade in general, that was the aforementioned Benjamin Hornigold. Hornigold had also been a privateer during the War of Spanish Succession, and it's likely that he and Blackbeard had worked as privateers together fighting enemies of the British Empire on ships coming out of Jamaica. But when the war ended in 1713, Blackbeard, Hornigold, and hundreds, if not thousands of other sailors were stuck in sudden poverty 
in Port Royal. Because might not surprise you that these men of the sea didn't often have savings to fall back on. Yeah. And the idea of privateers and pirates hiding treasure was not really that common, as you'd think, because most of the time they blew through it as soon as they got it. So yeah. there wasn't a lot of treasure? Uh, there was some. There's some. There's some, but it's not as, yeah, it's definitely not very prevalent. Like but, if someone's hmm. still out there searching for like, you know, pirate gold, like they found it all. It's very nice. little. Yeah. Most of the stuff that was lost was stuff that was literally lost by the merchant's own errors and problems mm -hmm. and, and various ships holding treasure mm -hmm. sinking, which would then you'd find out then pirates would all show up like when a whale dies and a bunch <laughs> of sharks go to eat it. Yeah. Right. yeah. You'd have pirates show up and then you'd have like the Spanish show it. Like there was one huge one where like these Spanish galleons went down with all of this like gold and silver aboard and the pirates showed up and then the British showed up after that and then the Spanish started fighting the British and it turned into this whole fucking like tiny little war and this shit <laughs> happened all the time. All the time. Like, it was just happening constantly in the Caribbean it was and in Florida too. Florida was a big big place for shit like this. Oh, oh yeah man. Gasparilla. You could have, I've never seen more 40 year old nipples than <laughs> during Gasparilla in Tampa. What the hell is Gasparilla? <laughs> I'm not quite certain. I remember when I was there, I remember it was a time when I was like, this is when adults act scary. Mm -hmm. um, it's a type of pirate <laughs> festival in Tampa. It's a pirate theme festival. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Know. I mean, it sounds kind of fun. Yeah. It's all right. But to keep themselves from starving, or more realistically, to keep them in the same lifestyle they'd gotten used to as privateers, Hornigold gathered up a bunch of former shipmates and drinking buddies, including Blackbeard, to formulate a plan. By the end of it, they decided that the best course of action was to just keep doing what they'd been doing all along. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know how long that meeting was, too. Be like, all right, boys, what are we doing? Everyone's been like, I was thinking of a program where we teach young pirates how to read. It's like, you're dumb. Have we ever thought about um, uh, maybe baking? I like to bake. Throw them up the blank. <laughs> no, yeah, honestly, they just maroon you. Oh. Yeah. But no, yeah, of course. Why not no. just do what the fuck you've always been doing? You have all the tools for it. You have yeah. all the shit and the know-how. Yeah, okay. except this time, British government's not getting a cut. Nope. Oh, okay. As Benjamin Hornigold put it, while the English and Dutch had consented to peace with the French and the Spaniards, he and his men had never signed such a document. And he was therefore well within his rights to continue in his chosen occupation. You okay. know, I think if it wasn't for masts and ropes and, and sloops, Marcus, you'd be into the mafia too. You'd actually be into the mafia stories because this is all mafia talk. Yeah. But it doesn't have sloops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, I mean, it's history. It just took place I mean, a long I time I just, ago. I like, just different hats, really. Well, I like street gangs. It's when they get organized. It's the organized yeah. and organized crime. That's what's boring. Because it, it does get to a point of like, I always kind of think about that too, where that's, well, this is a central question about Blackbeard. Yeah. Why is he in charge? How do you get to be right. in charge? I think that is what's interesting about big figures within the mafia world too. It's like, why does everybody care what this 70-year-old man's doing? Just shoot him in the back of the head, which then happens a lot. I mean, yeah. you've been publicly advocating for a Mafia series for a long time, and you know the, the pendulum might be swinging. Who knows? It's Who possible. Knows? Sammy the Bull. We'll talk Sammy about the Bull. All I know is different hats when it comes to pirates and mafia. Mm -hmm. Different the mafia. Jackets. They say, "Give me a hundred clams." <laughs> they mean money, and if you're a pirate, you actually want the you want it, the show. They need the food. <laughs> yeah, they're hungry. The next time Benjamin Hornigold showed up in history, it was 1717, and he had gone from commanding a single sloop to sailing a 30-gun vessel called the Ranger, and sailing at his side in a sloop of his own 
was Blackbeard. Going, wee! <laughs> yes, I command you, Sloop. Suck your own dick. <laughs> Sloop, suck your own dick. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, you've lost your mind, okay? The Sloop don't got a dick. Sloops are girls. Uh, it. <laughs> it's got a pussy, I guess. Sorry. Now, considering how this was very much a criminal operation, Hornigold and his men needed a base of operations because one couldn't very well dock a pirate ship at a legitimate port and trade obviously stolen goods. So Hornigold and his crew set up in New Providence Island in the Bahamas, 175 miles north of Cuba, in a deserted collection of partially collapsed buildings that had been abandoned by the British after attack by the French. Like I said, this shit happened all the time. All right. Now, any pirate base needed two types of traders, one to supply the pirates with everything they wanted, i.e. booze, weapons, medicine, and food, and another who would buy the plundered goods brought into port by the pirates. You need old school fence. Mm -hmm. Once that sort of commerce was established at New Providence, a secondary sin-based economy <laughs> sprung up around it. Sprung up indeed. Okay. And for five years, New Providence was home to some of the most unsavory people in the Americas. Cool. But this is the thing, man. You know, again, history's fun in a way. Mm -hmm. Because despite all the sloops, is that you can really get into this, you could see how it's never changed. Every single time they tell a group of people, you stop. With that criminal activity, or yes. they make it something that everybody loves illegal or they are hard to access, mm -hmm. it seems, no matter what, a giant other market just weird? always opens. And they it's just, so strange. It's so, it yeah. happens again and again and <laughs> again. Like and, they, <laughs> and they do the same thing again and again and again. The human brain computer doesn't learn from its past mistakes. AI does. Oh, it seems like we're going to lose the, the war. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, great. Well, as Angus Constant put it in his biography on Blackbeard, New Providence became a finishing school for pirates, a place where seamen like Blackbeard could learn the trade from more experienced captains. Tommy, come in here. We're working on our R's today. Mm -hmm. So, Tommy. Yoy! Are you hearing me? Okay. Okay. Get out. I, I'll be a cabin boy. I'll be a cabin boy. Well, in addition, captured ships could be refitted and re-screwed at New Providence, making it the 18th century version of a chop shop. And of course, there was plenty of liquor and women whenever a celebration was in order. Because pirate ships had to be constantly changed. Mm -hmm. If you go and run a raid, right, and then you, people would get to know what your ship looked like. Mm. So they would start redesigning the outside of it. I was really getting into the idea of, like, what they do. Like, they would repaint the whole thing. They would add stuff to make it look like other types of ships. Like, a lot mm -hmm. of times, yeah. if uh, what a pirate ship huh. would do is they would they would make it look like it was a merchant ship and they would put big empty boxes on it. So it looked like it was carrying cargo because it was all about, it was all about the surprisal mm -hmm, the idea right. that you wanted to get the edge on somebody else, no matter what, that's how you win, right? You, you basically have to get close enough so that you can jump aboard and get them real quick. So they would look like a merchant ship and then they would notice they were like, Oh, that merchant ship, it's, Dumping all its shit into the water, and <laughs> and then they're putting up a. It's a black flag. That's a that's a pirate. Yes. That's a pirate. And then, but I gotta say that Kelvin pissing on the queen's head there that they put that decal. That's really kind of funny. Now, honestly, and that's moving me towards a revolution <laughs> against Nike. And sometimes they would uh, paint canvas uh, to make it to hide the gun ports. They'd paint it to look like just more like the side of the ship. Yeah. And then once they got close enough, they'd take off the canvas and go. Ha -ha -ha! 
Yeah, 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 yeah. This is cool. Like this, that's why this is cool. They would paint up logs to look like cannons. Yeah. So it looked like their ships are more heavily armed. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But mostly, though, New Providence's real importance lay in the backroom meetings, where pirate captains swapped intelligence, formed alliances, and planned for the future of piracy. They planned for weeks for raids. The idea of recon and intelligence for the pirate was the most important thing. They planned for huh. weeks and weeks and weeks because the goal was you create a bunch of different plans of how you're going to attack something and then you throw it all away when it all goes to shit, <laughs> which is they all said the same thing. The ultimate sign of a pirate is he's able to react spontaneously. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And certainly there were highly complicated raids that lasted hours, if not days. Sometimes the, the back and forth would go on forever. I and played it, Red Dead Redemption, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it required an impressive amount of coordination that wouldn't make sense to anyone who doesn't have decades of experience sailing. The way a fucking pirate battle goes and the way that would go back and forth and back and forth, yeah. it's fucking incomprehensible, man. If you don't have, like, I don't know, could you, could you make much sense of it? Because no. I know I sure as hell couldn't. I don't know what windward means, and they said, <laughs> and apparently that's a big thing, is it like, you gotta watch when it goes windward. Would you yeah. believe it means that's when it's gonna catch something and move? It's just, just many ways. There's yeah. one thing that they used to do was they would know the water so well. They said that's also an, a thing that an X factor that can't really be described. You have to know the ocean, which right. it takes years and years of being on it. But what they would do a lot of times is they would hang just over the horizon's edge. Like they would know where things were. Like they would hang out in coastal areas, especially choke points, because the open water was actually very difficult to find another ship. Yeah. You wouldn't know, like it would, because. No, there's no exact way to tell the location of a ship on open water. Right. So they would wait into these little channel locks and they would wait just over the rise of the horizon until they would come, come and they would see it. And then they would come and sweep around because the idea is that you want to get as close to them as possible without them first noticing you. Okay. Then you spring. And then the idea is that you show aggression where they say that they run the guns, which is like you watch it. And it's like all like you see in the movies, all the pirates with their muskets, they pull them out because... 20 muskets were actually way more capable to, t to fuck up a ship than even cannons, like huh. six cannons, because number one, the uh, ammo was cheaper. I'm going to do this for a long time. Yeah, I, 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 I got yeah. into this. Of course, of course. The ammo is cheaper, uh, and cannons are, again, it's all very unreliable. You just have to go, yeah, 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 and that's you get it. <laughs> the rest of the strategy, it does seem uh, incomprehensible if you don't know anything about boats. Yeah. Live from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge! The bridge! Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. 
You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what's new. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. Um, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya Centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into draft rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Just right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously, I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. Well, sometimes, though, amongst all these insanely complicated raids, a raid sometimes amounted to little more than a beer run. In one raid, Blackbeard, Hornigold, and their crew of some 150 pirates invaded a Portuguese wine vessel 
just for the wine. Oh, yeah. And it's said that the men emptied the vessel's entire cargo of highly valuable white wine in just one drinking session at sea. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they had to, at least that was a fun night. You're st- I think that one one of the most edifying things of the research into this this time period is that all of the stereotypes are real. Yeah. And that they're all like that. They're all, they just were party animals. Again, a search for freedom using crime. Yeah. They should have, the wine vessel should have just been like home of stinky pork or something. They (laughs) they shouldn't have been like, we got wine here because... You know, no, they knew because they would follow. It's it's all oh. recon. Mm-hmm. They would go throughout the towns. Like the goal was there was a there's a it's far too long, but all of the various things that a good pirate captain would know, which is you need to know the 20 coastal cities of any area where you're at. You need to know the taverns. You need to know who goes where, where certain things are loaded off. Where does the sugar go? Where does the alcohol go? Where does right. the grain go? Where does the weapons go? Like you have to know all of this shit so that you can start to identify ships over time dressed as another type of ship. ship, Yeah, yeah, with like another country's flag flying, another type of stuff, watching it again and again, and just like a bank heist. Wow. Now, Benjamin Hornigold knew that being a pirate was not a job that produced a lot of old men. So by 1718, he supposedly decided to give it up of his own free will, but with the full blessing of the British government. See, Benjamin Hornigold still had love for queen and country. He was a former privateer, you remember. And he refused to attack any British vessel. But this was an extreme rarity in the pirate world. After the War of Spanish Succession, most pirates attacked whoever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And this was proven to be a big pain in the ass to the British. The British, however, were also worn pretty thin by the War of Spanish Succession. And it was proving to be difficult to find 2,000 criminals in the open seas of the Atlantic. Right. So King George I signed a royal proclamation that if any pirates surrendered themselves by September 15th, 1718, then they would receive a pardon for all piratical actions they may have taken since the end of the War of Spanish Succession. And I don't know if it's accurate hmm. or not, but I know that I watched the uh, documentary about Blackbeard that Nat Geo did. And one was like the governor of Virginia, like when he found out that they were going to give a pardon to any pirate that volunteered it. And he's he's acting like the dean from an animal house where he's just like they won't take my revenge from me like he was all upset i don't even know if that was because i feel like he didn't blackbeard did specifically make a a enemy of the governor of virginia but it's still like this idea i think they're probably want to end it because they have been ripping apart all of their sure well you want to be careful messing with power joe exotic tiger king that's why he's behind the bars right now also if you are a king (laughs) Uh, King George the first, you got to not have the first because then everyone's like, well, then there's going to be King George the only (laughs) because it just sets you up. It sets you up to fail. I don't understand King names. I know that there's a thing for it, but I won't learn it. Yeah. But because get, until until an American plays an American again on television, <laughs> I'm not learning anything about the British monarch. Okay. Well, they take a name when they become a monarch. So yeah, so they could call themselves like John Constantine. That'd be cool. Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> like a comic book, man. Yeah. That would I'm be fun. I'm King Hulk. Oh, that's fucking fun. cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm King Dark Scepter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Glorb. You can do that. I mean, you'd be murdered yeah. no. by your cousins. Yeah. Glorb? Yeah. yeah, of course. King Glorb? No, no one's respecting King Glorb. It doesn't fucking... matter if they respect me or not. They'll fucking I'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. If, you change, if you're choosing him like King Glorb, you are literally going to have to kill everyone you've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, any pirates who didn't surrender 
under these pardon agreements were put under bounty, 100 pounds for a captain, 40 for a quartermaster or gunner, and 20 each for whatever random pirate one might be able to capture. Can I ask, what is the gunner? The gunner is the, I know the quartermaster is the... He's second in command. I Assistant director. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I put it. On, on a, on a, uh, yeah. He's the one that, like, the captain goes like, I'm going to starboard, and then quartermaster goes like, hey, all of your dogs are going to starboard. Yeah, he's, the, yeah, he's the XO. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah he's like uh, the fucking guy. Yeah, the, the bald man in Battlestar Galactic. God damn it, Bill. God like, yeah. damn it, I'll do it. You're the captain, but I still yeah. will fight you. I'll take these goddamn Cylons out one by one if I have to. That's exactly what it is. But what's a gunner? Gunner's got uh, guns. Right. Yeah, he shoots the guns. So yeah, I love yeah, it. Side stories: lpotl the gmail dot com. Shoots the guns. He knows. Where, he knows. Just, he knows where the guns are. He shoots the guns. He knows where they are. He knows where <laughs> keep them. Cool. The guns are here. <laughs> You're the gunner now. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no I don't need no. this responsibility. No, to be honest, because now that I'm looking at it, these are just sticks. <laughs> oh, you can I be the sticker? Guy. You're the stick man now. Yeah. <laughs> but in a seemingly genius caveat to the bounty. The bounty for a captain doubled to 200 pounds if the pirate crew turned in a captain themselves. Oh, yeah. Which naturally made some pirate ships a little more tense than they'd usually be. Because they're also pure democracies. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think that this caveat also made certain that pirate captains had to keep their pirate crews happy. And nothing made a pirate crew happier than a steady income from regular raids on merchant ships. I got into, oh God, it was a little bit, it was too much for me. But I got into the details of how they create the pirate articles, mm -hmm. like what they do. Yeah. And there is a there is a highly detailed breakdown of wages versus commissions. And then mm. you can sign a contract. So this is where it started coming out of, where you could create a contract with your captain where you're like, I'll get guaranteed money. Like you pay me per hour. Or you pay me by what we get. Sounds like they're like, treated better than employees now, yes, like yeah. Amazon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they get to opt to like, do you want a stock option or do you want a salary? And so they would find out, and then they, depending on what you were doing with, with the promise of the booty that was coming, booty. they would decide what it was beforehand. But it was wow. like, <laughs> I guess that's the one thing that is truly. Oh, very like it's truly astounding about all this is just how detailed it was, how granular it was, how they sat and they they have to have these big kind of corporate meetings mm -hmm. where the captain has to come out, explain the articles, do all of this shit, get everybody and they have to negotiate a contract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're actually going to edit that out of the script of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 7. <laughs> uh, we did appreciate that, but we're actually going to add Cthulhu with the dick um, <laughs> because the, the kids love Cthulhu. So, but we love that you brought that to our attention, but it's just I not making just it for the best action movie. If we wanted this to be accurate, we will yeah. feature several hours of contract negotiations it's within Hollywood. the film. It's Hollywood. Nothing will be accurate. Now, Hornigold got out at the right time and lied to the British government by telling them that he didn't actually know that the war was over. Uh, <laughs> even though the war had ended five years previous. Is it possible that he didn't know? No, I mean, he had to have gone to port and asked someone, but he could have argued well, that maybe... Sort well, I mean, of. at the... At <laughs> the British were just like, all right, fine, whatever. Yes, please, just stop being a fucking pirate. I don't care. Basically. Yeah. Well, they actually was reading about the two, about how fast rumor went. They, they would say, like, you'd be surprised the power of a bunch of people yapping. Yeah. Like, it can send news across a country within days. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're doing it right now. Yep. Yeah. But we have the internet. Mm -hmm. right. They just had, hey! <laughs> hey! Well, we remember those days. Yeah. It is suggested, though, that Hornigold may have been forced out by his crew into early retirement, because while Hornigold had a rule against attacking the British, 
Blackbeard had no such qualm. Well, get these Eddie Red memes. They'll get him from tail to hip. <laughs> oh, the chip on your shoulder is growing again. <laughs> oh, no, it is cancer. It is uh, spite cancer. So when Hornigold left, Blackbeard was elected captain <sighs> of some 150 pirates. With Hornigold out of the game, Blackbeard partnered with an unlikely cohort named Steed Bonet. Bonnet, Bonnet or Bonnet? I think it Let's might be Bonnet. Steve Bonnet. Yeah. I think no. it might be Steve Bonnet. I think it is Steve Bonnet. Yeah. Yeah. Because, he's, because he's British. He's not French. Uh, well, I have not. Has, any, has, Fernando, have you seen, has anybody seen Our Flag Means Death? Somebody seen the show? No. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently it's mm-hmm. all about Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet, I believe it's called. Oh, like, no shit. Yeah, but and I think they made, this is where the thing is, they make them kiss, I think. Or they allude that they might be kissing. Uh, Seems like you're really caught up on all of that. It's just a thing I got into it, but apparently yeah, it is, that's... Oh, it's just a thing you got into. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see what happens with men with sashes on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes, but they do, there is some historical... I haven't seen the show yet, but either, apparently yeah. that's what's uh, Yeah, I had no idea. But hey, for all you have, this is the story of Steed Bonnet. Yep. Bonnet was known far and wide as the gentleman pirate because he was, for all intents and purposes, a poser. Bonnet had been born to a family of wealthy sugar planters in Barbados, but after both of his parents died in quick succession when Bonnet was six years old, he was left orphaned with quite the large inheritance. Man, there's got to be nothing more unpredictable than a rich baby. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Because you can't give a baby millions of dollars because no. they don't know what to do with it. They no. just goo goo gaga. They'll shit on it. Yeah, they just end up taking up jazz or something. <laughs> Forget the one guy that Holden McNeely loves. <laughs> Bonnet, however, However, grew up well and was generally esteemed and honored in Barbados when he came of age. Thank you. <laughs> After the death of his first child, though, Bonnet fell into a deep depression and a short insanity. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, I just needed to get it out of my system. <laughs> when he came out of it, he decided that he wanted to be not a sugar baron, but a pirate. Oh, oh. man. What would you choose? I kind of want to be a sugar baron. I yeah, kind of like the idea of being a sugar I mean, baron. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff that goes with being a sugar baron in the oh, late yeah. 17th century in the Caribbean. Like what, walking around fucking cotton candy trees? Uh, hanging yes, out with, yes. You're you right. It was like Candyland. Owning slaves, mm. a lot of them, and having them do all of the work. Well, I'll change that. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm just talking about how sweet sugar is. Why, yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. be a sugar boss. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's the it. Caribbean at sugar plantation. How did neither one of you know this? I think sugar we grows just both on shelves. To, we just both wanted to be mayors of Candyland. I, yeah, that's what <laughs> that's I was thinking. We want to be. I want to run the army of Candyland. Yeah, I was like, give, give me some of today's crops. Excellent. <laughs> sweet, sweet as the sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking more like cinnabons are growing in the ground. Yeah, I have a totally different image than uh, reality here. Yeah. Well, breaking all the rules of piracy, Bonnet bought his own sloop spent his own money to fit it with guns and provisions, actually hired a 70-man pirate crew. You look like a pirate, and you look like a pirate, and ooh, you look like one too. Come on in. <laughs> and he called his ship the Revenge, which is a little on the nose for a pirate ship, if you ask me. Is that, I kind of like it. It's, it's, a, it's it, okay, but it's just the Revenge. You just a, started being a pirate. Yeah, you have right. no revenge to do. Or is he taking his revenge out on God for all the bad... Well, for being rich? Uh, the, yeah. the dead child. Nah. Right. <laughs> but you know, uh, the revenge the, sponsored by pirate.com. 
<laughs> I hate this. I hate this. That was horrible. Wait, they actually said you actually could get a commission for revenge. Yeah. At the time period, it was very rare. But I, I think I forgot what it was. There was a term for it where you could get like, and it's a, it was a special flag that you could put up saying that you were on a king commissioned revenge mission. Oh. Like John Wick? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. And so on August 26, 1717, Bonnet and his crew sailed out from Barbados and overtook a small brigantine under the command of Captain Thomas Porter. Get get him, boys! Bonnet overtook the brigantine and boarded the ship, introducing himself as Captain Edwards. But Captain Porter was himself from Barbados and quickly recognized Steed Bonnet. Um, oh, your my. name is Steed. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm Captain Edward. That's what I always wonder when it comes to actors who change their name. I think it's slightly less common uh, just because of social media, but it's got to be weird going back to your hometown and just be like, no, my name is John Stewart now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. again, famously, Sting is Gordon. Yeah. His name is Gordon? Yeah, but I think now people call him Sting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you have to call him by their name for it. It's like Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. where you get to know him back in the day. I guess he's a bad example now. Back yeah. in the day, you'd call him Brian. Yeah. Right. And, and now he, I think he makes you call him Marilyn. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Yes. So. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> less than a day into his pirate career, Bonnet had been embarrassingly outed as a cosplayer. No. And, <laughs> and to make matters worse, Captain Porter didn't have anything of value on. Well, I love your hat. <laughs> so I'll be taking that. <laughs> But things didn't necessarily get better for Steed Bonnet from there. He had no idea about what to do next or where to go, and he was ignorant of certain unspoken rules of piracy, mm. namely that you never engage in battle with a ship more powerful than yours. Unless you can do it by surprise. Because they, they also talk about the essential nature, because I read that too. The essential nature mm. of the pirate is it to go up against odds you aren't prepared for. Mm. And so there is a little bit of that, but mostly that's about raving towns. Like they, well, It's also about having a plan. Because huh. yes. like, Blackbeard always had a plan. He had a plan. You know? like, it was always like, I, he didn't do it unless he thought 100% like, yeah, I can pull this off. Yeah. Steed Bonnet is just attacking Spanish warships because he thinks it's going to be fun. That boat's very big. <laughs> Let's go get it. I want to get the big boat. If, if uh, we learn anything, Blackbeard, for he has a plan, much like Elizabeth Warren, I'm sure everything's going to work out great. Yeah. yeah. Well, this ignorance of the rules of piracy led Bonnet into battle with a Spanish warship. And during the ensuing fight, oh. about half of Bonnet's crew was killed. 30 yeah. or 40 men. And that the broke, Spanish are pro. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it truly broke pirate code because the reason truly and but Blackbeard was the pinnacle of this thought process, which is you avoid the fight because you're trying to not kill your crew. Yeah. It's not about Always. them. It's all about like, no, to keep morale up, I need to show them that we're only going to take risks if I have an edge, if I have an idea of something to do. It was extreme, extremely uh, gauche to attack a big ship and kill everybody that's on your ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. no self-protection. Yeah. Defeated, Bonnet sailed for the pirate sanctuary of New Providence Island, and it was on the way that he encountered Blackbeard. Now, at this point, Bonnet was severely injured from the battle with the Spanish. His ship was gravely injured, and he'd lost the confidence of the crew. So when Bonnet met Blackbeard, <laughs> Bonnet agreed that he would exchange repairs and provisions for Blackbeard's quote-unquote temporary command of the revenge. Why don't you run it? <laughs> like, it wow. seems like you got the beard and you're very mean and you're very big and <laughs> you should do this. Mm-hmm. 
But even, I would have loved to see the reflective moment where Mr. Bonnet realized he was way over his head, yeah. well, just staring at the, I don't even know what. Well, Steed Bonnet arrives. It, it, there is a lot of questions as to the nature of the beginnings of their relationship yeah. about whether or not he was a hostage or whether or not this was truly amicable. Or, or whether or not the Spanish, uh, the Spanish, the, uh, the battle with the Spanish worship even happened. Yeah. It might have just been like a safe face, like, oh, yeah, I was, I was oh, hurt. And really, really just fell just, down just, during a rainy night. Yeah. And he just sort of cowed to Blackbeard, like, I know I can't go up against you, but let's, you know, let's be amical about this. Yeah, can we join up? Which I think is yeah. the most this is the smartest thing that he could have done. Well, yeah. It's what we used to do with the president and vice president. Mm -hmm. yeah. But even after Bonnet was physically better, he suffered another severe depression. And it said that Blackbeard, and this is actually kind of sweet, Blackbeard never fully relieved Bonnet of his captain's duties because he thought that it would only make Bonnet's depression worse. We can't make him sad. <laughs> well, that's why there's a little bit of talk about what the nature of their relationship was because they seem to be very emotional and close for the time period. And then I found out that it was very common. There was a thing mm. called hot bunking, which they used to do where men used to used to share a cot with another man and it was to watch each other's back, guys. I believe it. Um, it was, that's yeah, why they called it hot bunking? Hot bunking. Because it was physically very warm. Well, I'm saying, guys, we have uh, to take a small break here. I have to go do a hot bunk myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you only got one more. You only got one more. No, because, yes, there's a lot of terms here that do sound like shit. <laughs> um, but there is also a term that they did call, there was a thing that they did called matelotage. 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 Which was sea marriages. Yeah. Like uh, it meant for seamanship, uh, and it was a same sex civil union that they would oh, sign nice. together on boats that would basically ensure that you willed your booty and plunder to somebody else when you died oh. and that they could have it. And a lot of times it it's sounds kind of like prison rules. Yeah, it is. It's, and that's what they said. It wasn't that what they frowned upon was buggery, which was putting it up the butt and they, anything else was cool. You could suck dick and hand jobs all day long. Everybody loved them, but they just really didn't like getting going, putting up the butt, even though they did. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If you don't put it up the butt right, you're going to end up with fissures. You're going to end I up mean, with all kinds of bad stuff. The they didn't have the They didn't have the lube. Right. No, they no. didn't have any kind of Vaseline or any of the I'd stuff probably, you buy at the wonderful Babe Lounge. You grab a squid. Yeah, <laughs> you grab a squid and just fucking mash it up, right? You ever catch a fish and grab it and it's just Probably that time, yeah. too, be like, hey, you should get... Like you do that, do you know what I mean? Say like, hey, we could just use it, right? Is that is that wrong? I, I don't know. You're, I'm, it depends on the person. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's unique. <laughs> <laughs> I think the blowjobs are more intimate than they really is. At That's this what point, I think. we're just talking about pirates here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then the guy's looking away. Yeah. Kind yeah, you gotta look dead in his eye. Getting <laughs> caught up here on that stuff, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually, Blackbeard returned control of the revenge back to Bonnet and parted ways. But Bonnet would still never quite get the hang of pirate life. For the next year, he flirted with pardons like the one Benjamin Hornigold had taken. But in the end, Bonnet fully committed. However, it must be said that Bonnet was captain in name only because Blackbeard had left a man named Richards in charge of actually commanding the ship during battle. Basically, they just let Bonnet wear the hat. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that's, I mean, for pirates, that's incredibly nice. <laughs> it's really yeah. strange. They really did have this sense of decorum yeah. within their ships and the, in these codes and the way they lived their lives. And, and I don't know why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess just to stay but alive as long that as was, possible. Anybody that wasn't on that boat, though, was subject to whatever their fucking whims oh, were. Right. And we'll get into that later. Hey, would you say Bonnet's kind of, he's, is he like the Rudy of pirates? <laughs> 
guy. Yeah, yeah, Rudy, yeah Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Gobert. I think he's definitely like. Yeah, Rudy like, came from a lot of money, but uh, yeah. so yeah. Uh, I just find the wheel. Yeah, it's just fun because the wheel goes. Yeah, the gunner he's got all them sticks. Rudy came to my school. I remember listening to that man. Yeah. attempt to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Right from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty, live resin. You really get the delicious, weedy taste, which is what I like. And three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape. Put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah. Very key. You got to communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data. And you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me, because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma. Here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today. Right. But Grammarly really does help. Because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. Planning the perfect proposal. Oh, I want to do it at the Hindenburg. <laughs> I want to do it at the Hindenburg Memorial. Celebrating your love and looking forward to the rest of your lives. And if you're lucky, it's short. The only part that's not so special, shopping for an engagement ring, if you don't know what you're doing. That's where BlueNile.com comes in, especially if you don't feel like talking to your mother. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with little or no feedback from their mother. With Blue Nile, you can create a brilliant piece at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Why use anything traditional? Blue Nile also offers a diamond price guarantee, which means that they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. And I sent you to Steven, my guy, but you still refuse and you decide to go with your Blue Nile 
little thing because, oh, it's got 100% satisfaction guarantee with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And sometimes Steven doesn't answer your calls and sometimes Steven loses the rings. But that's where you don't understand because Steven was there for me when your father wasn't. And honestly, so now is Blue Nile because every time I call, they pick up with the 24-7 customer support and they hear all about my hands hurting and how I've got, they have to reverse my feet at the doctor. They, they said, and they, but eventually they said it's temporary. They're going to put it back forward. But oh, thank you, Blue Nile, for not picking up, even though I texted my son. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. But regardless of who was in charge, Bonnet was still a pirate. And by September of 1718, British authorities caught up to Bonnet's ship in North Carolina on Cape Fear. Bonnet's single ship was faced with three British vessels, and all of them were caught on the shoreline during low tide while the battle was taking place. The British got their ships free, but Bonnet was unable to do so, and the British soon boarded. Now, Bonnet's plan was to blow up the gunpowder storage as soon as the British boarded so he could end his career in a blaze of glory. That's kind of cool. Men didn't want to do that, though. No, they, oh, were, they didn't want to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, they didn't Let's want to. Let's go, man. Because, you know, it's just like, yeah. guys, we're all going to do this together. We're going to kill them the same time that we kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no. Was it Will Ferrell in that one movie where he's just in the underwear running around? Mm-hmm. I forget. The kids loved it. Old school. Old school. Oh, yeah. Old school. Yes, yeah. Old school. Now, guys didn't want to do that. They wanted to just kind of surrender and take their chances. Yeah. Right. What if we just go back to not being pirates anymore? Yeah. Okay. Interestingly, though, even though Bonnet was a poser, he was considered to be the first prominent pirate to ever be captured by British authorities. 
23 of his men had been killed by British forces during his capture, and the rest were taken to the port of Charleston, South Carolina, for trial and certain execution. That's the thing. I feel like you could have made the argument, like, you know they're going to hang us anyway, right? Yeah. That they were, it's already over. No, we might they, as they well just the, get everybody. They did it in a very civil way. They had a sham trial first. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, despite Bonnet's attempted suicide on board the ship, he still didn't want to go to the gallows. So he attempted escape by donning a dress and disguising himself as a woman. You can't write, you can't write, you know what I mean? You can't make it up. Like he literally says like, no one will know. Yes, real Dennis. Well, your name's Steed. A real tootsie moment for him. But the escape attempt failed and Bonnet was found guilty of piracy by November. His execution was delayed seven times, however, Hmm. after spectators found him so pitiful during his trial that they asked the governor to spare his life. You can't do this to me! You can't! I got so much to live for! I want to wear the hat again! I just wanted to wear the hat in the first place! Send him back and send him... Send him back and have him return when he's more confident. I am simply devastated by this dude! Becky, this is one of the worst executions I've ever been to. I'm so sorry. You can't hate me. I hate rope. I'm allergic to the fibers. (laughs) Get us a man who doesn't want to die, please. Well, finally, though, Steed Bonnet was hung from the gallows. And over the subsequent five weeks, 48 other pirates followed him. The traditional spot to hang pirates in Charleston was White Point, which is now apparently a lovely little park. I'm sure it is. Charleston's a place filled with the history of death. Absolutely. It really is. Would you say it's the Edinburgh of America? God, yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's said, however, especially by Charleston ghost tour guides, (gasps) that visitors have witnessed the faces of pirates peering back from the trees at White Point. Terrifying echoes of pirate screams fill the midnight air, and the specters of hanging pirate ghosts can still be seen swinging from the branches of White Point's mighty oaks. Let me go! Can't you see I'm a ghost on a rope? Come and get me, please! It is not recommended to visit White Point at night alone, they say. Oh. Because a ghostly pirate, perhaps Steed Bonnet himself, still haunts the spot and is known to scream at passerby. Tell the jury they're wrong. <laughs> I am an innocent. Well, let's just... Can I get a mulligan? I knew a man named Mulligan. <laughs> Blackbeard, however, would never have to put up with any of that bullshit. By 1717, Blackbeard had captured his ultimate prize. The ship he captured was originally called La Concorde, but under Blackbeard's command, it would be known as Queen Anne's Revenge. Yes. And this came from the Queen Anne's War. Mm -hmm. The idea like all the privateers that were released to go do all of their legal piracy for the government and then were told, now you're criminals. This is his revenge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, La Concorde was a French slave ship. And like many slave ships at the time, it was built for speed. Because the less time a ship spent on the waters of the Atlantic, the more enslaved people would survive the absolutely horrific journey. Interestingly, though, La Concorde actually began its life as a privateer vessel, but had been converted into a slave ship after the age of privateering was over. That meant that when Blackbeard captured it, La Concorde, like all captured ships, had to be converted into a pirate ship. I'm but sorry to do this, but I'm just, uh, maybe I'm hungry. La Cordon Bleu. 
that's all I think about when you say that. He hasn't heard a single word you said no, since you I, first I, I, said La Concorde. He's yeah. been sitting and thinking blue. about ham stuffed huh? chicken. Do they still sell Cordon Bleu at Arby's? I don't know. Maybe I can go to an Arby's theater <laughs> and figure like, it out. Just seeing dancing chicken Cordon Bleus dancing in front of him. Well, first, the pirates removed the bulkheads set up in the hold that was usually used to prevent cargo from shifting. The purpose behind removing the bulkheads was to make sure that all the plunder captured in raids was in plain view of everyone at all times. Yeah, so everybody could know because you're waiting because to steal plunder right from somebody else that was definitely punishable by death. Mm -hmm. So it's a sense of fairness. Mm. It's transparency being like, here's all our shit. Actually, they didn't even like uh, lock the treasure boxes, like lock them, like all like we're all they got all the gold dust and all that. Nothing was ever locked because Mm -hmm. they thought, hey, we're all in this together. And if anyone steals, we'll see them. We'll all kill them. Yeah, we will all kill them. Code Mm -hmm. of ethics. Okay. Well, if there was any space above the waterline down in the hold, then the pirates would cut holes in the side of the ship for additional gun ports, sometimes doubling the amount of guns that could be used in a raid. Finally, all decoration that might get in the way of battle was removed, and a pirate ship was thus born. It's cool. really ruined the TGI Friday's pirate ship. No more <laughs> flair whatsoever. None. But they used to cut all the stuff on the inside because they had to run fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the Queen Anne's Revenge could go gun to gun against any Royal Navy ship on the artillery front, but his crew were still pirates, not trained soldiers, and a fully trained Navy crew could fire three rounds to Blackbeard's two. Mm. So if Blackbeard wasn't able to board a ship and clash swords, he was smart enough to know that he had no chance. This meant that when Blackbeard came across powerful British warships, he would quietly slip away as fast as he could. Yes, because they can notice. They truly do. That's what about sea awareness Mm -hmm. is important, because you could look at a ship and recognize its purposes and say, like, well, that's a chopped and chopped ship. Like, that is literally a thing that used to be something else. They have turned into a pirate ship, and they can recognize it, and they'll just fucking attack you. Yeah. Like, uh, reminds me of uh, Killdozer. Yes. Mm. But this was what actually made Blackbeard one of the best pirate captains around and certainly put him above captains like Steed Bonnet. Blackbeard knew when to fight and when to run. And it was this lateral thinking that led Blackbeard to one of the most infamous criminal enterprises of his career, the blockade of Charleston. This is what he's known for. Yeah. Now, when it came to early 18th century British colonies in the Americas, there were few plums sweeter than Charleston, South Carolina. Yep. In addition to not being as well defended as some of the New England colonies, Charleston was fat with gold owing to its exports of rice and indigo, in addition to the thriving slave market that Charleston still has today. But that was the major complaint of the American colonies because they didn't have any backup because they, mm-hmm. they couldn't get over there because they were fighting their precious little European wars mm. and they couldn't send an armada to come protect them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just happy that there will be no more wars in Europe. Yep, <laughs> not one. <laughs> Now, because the British colonists were getting so rich on these exports, Charleston storehouses were filled with British luxury items like silverware, cloth, silk, wine, and the latest fashions, books, and precision firearms. And it turns out 100 million toothbrushes. So they just never got there. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> That's, uh... That stays. That stays in the show. <laughs> and more of everything was getting shipped into Charleston on a regular basis. Problem was, Blackbeard wasn't equipped for, nor was he willing to engage in, a raid on an actual town. 
Because back in the day, the uh, old, they used to do that all the time. Privateers mm-hmm. and buccaneers, that was kind of what they did, but they were trained. Mm-hmm, and you really right. had to hit it uh, in a different, you really had to like surprise a whole town, which yeah. is very difficult. So to leech Charleston of its riches and to make a point, Blackbeard set up a blockade of four ships outside of Charleston, robbing whoever sailed in or out of the colony. For an entire week, ships sailed out to find what they thought was just another ship. But when either the Queen Anne's Revenge or one of Blackbeard's other sloops came too close for the other ship to get away, Blackbeard would hoist the black flag of the pirate and fire a warning shot. Dang. Was this before he had his distinct flag or did he already have his specific flag? I don't point? know for sure, but his flag was fucking awesome. It's, we are going to talk about the flag next episode. Yes. Though. Yeah, the flag is fucking sweet. It's fucking Satan. Yeah, it's Whoa. awesome. <laughs> now, not a single ship put up a fight when Blackbeard's black flag was raised. And the reason why is fairly simple. See, Charleston had just been visited by Captain Bane the notorious pirate who liked torturing people by burning matches inside their eyelids. Mm -hmm. And no one was eager to see a repeat of Bane's performance. But even if Bane hadn't visited, the savagery of pirates in general were quickly becoming common knowledge amongst the American colonies. That was the the power of marketing Mm -hmm. where it had already been spread. Like this idea, they are are monsters. They'll torture you and murder you. They'll do all this fucking shit. Meanwhile, they didn't know that pirates were using this against everybody's, Mm -hmm. everybody's, they were using it against them. And Blackbeard was probably the best at it. Yeah, he was. Well, there were a few pirates doing the work for all of them. Yeah. Like, one particularly fearsome crew was headed by an Englishman named Edward Lowe, who once cut off a ship captain's lips, roasted them, and forced the captain to eat his own lips while they were still piping hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You like it? (laughs) This is actually fun. This is really fun and new. We haven't done this one before. (laughs) It's actually... Wow. Okay. And after killing the lipless prisoner, Lowe then forced the ship's officer eat the heart of one of his own crewmates. And what we have here is a service. It's delectable. It's a, it's an irony meat. It's a, it's so, so we mm-hmm. f- source mm-hmm. it right here. Mm-hmm. Source it right here. And it's really incredible. This, um, you really want to take it. It is your shipmate's heart. Yeah, it's like Gary. That's Gary's heart. Yeah. You, you want to please enjoy it with a Riesling. <laughs> <laughs> and so when Blackbeard set up his blockade in Charleston, no one dared to fight back and ships eventually just stopped leaving port. There was, however, the matter of the ships coming in to Charleston, who had no way of knowing that Blackbeard was waiting. I would love to hear everyone in the bar talk about supply lines. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh. oh wow. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Among those sailing in was a slave ship holding 86 people. And when Blackbeard boarded, he asked for volunteers amongst the enslaved. Out of the ones who said yes, 14 were chosen and Blackbeard's crew grew close to somewhere around 160 men. The beauty of pirates is that in order to really cull a lot of problems in terms of interrogation, you have prisoners like dealing with other pirates. Is that all you have to do be like, join my team. Right. They, all of the, every single time they did an interrogation, one of the first things they would do was put a contract in front of you being like, join the ship. Wouldn't you come you believe here it? and fold it in. That was exactly what I was thinking I wanted to do. That's incredible. What what was the other part? You shut up, you cut my lips off and I eat them. I'll sign the contract. Sign it. (laughs) By the end of the week-long blockade, Blackbeard's crew had plundered 10 ships and had effectively paralyzed one of the richest colonies in the South. 
Interestingly, though, there was one point in which Blackbeard had threatened to kill all the prisoners, send their heads to the governor, and set all their ships aflame. That was when the pirates demanded a chest of medicine from the shore. I would love to see the local news story on the UPS drivers kicking the boxes of all the skulls. (laughs) (laughs) What a tough tough day to be a delivery person. Oh, yeah. Now, the pirates had just spent a few months hanging around the West Indies and the coast of Central America, which were both rife with yellow fever. However, it was more likely that the pirates were actually looking for treatments for the various venereal diseases they'd picked up in the Caribbean ports, specifically syphilis. Don't worry, fellow herpes. They'll never fucking find They'll us. They'll never see us. I'm syphilis. Hey. Keep it down, syphilis. You're going to bring attention to all of us. It's so nice to be in another dick. Oh, yeah. See something new, new bush. Yeah, the drip drip goes by fast, though, man. Enjoy life. See, in those days, the primary treatment for syphilis was an injection of mercury straight into the penis (laughs) using a metal urethral syringe. Well, on the uh, positive side, I know what the temperature is. (laughs) God. And we do have evidence that Blackbeard's pirates used such a device. When maritime archaeologists investigated a shipwreck that was thought to be Queen Anne's Revenge, they found an object designed specifically to inject mercury into a man's penis. Ugh, Why does God. it feel like old-timey medicine made things like, oh, oh, I think I sprained my pinky, and they'd be like, come over here, we're going to cut your foot off. And then that's how it feels, but the idea of mercury going up in your penis doesn't sound like... Oh, I would rather have syphilis. Yeah, and apparently the device had been used shortly before the Queen Anne's revenge sank into the sea. So, I ain't no. dying with syphilis. No. My ghost can't have VD. <laughs> oh, man. And so, threatened with the beheading of some 80 people, the governor of Charleston sent aboard a medical chest valued somewhere between three and 400 pounds. And after all was said and done, Blackbeard released his 80 or so hostages and sent them back to shore naked. He was looking out for his men. Blackbeard is an interesting guy. He, again, a a strategist. He understood people's psychology, understood kind of the way to run a ship. He wanted to be successful. And he he even said like how he he wanted to do this for a long time. Right. Partly, Blackbeard had sent them back naked because the clothes and jewelry worn by these prisoners was valuable. But mostly, it seems like he did it because he thought it was funny. He did have a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. But in this, the captives got off light, especially compared to, let's call it the sense of humor that other Mm. pirates had. Yeah. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. (laughs) In one game that some pirates played, the pirates would all line up with sailing needles, these big, thick-ass needles used to sew sails, and force the captives to run by as all the pirates jammed. Gotcha. What they didn't realize was that turned out to be Steve-O. <laughs> and he became one of the most talented entertainers we have ever it's had great, today. great, great, great grandfather. Yeah. yeah. Afterward, the bleeding victim was shut inside a barrel filled with cockroaches. Jeez. So the pirates could laugh at their screams of terror. He's screaming. He hates it. That's <laughs> funny as hell. He, he really hates it. We've been kind of shitting on Netflix lately, but it's better, I guess, than that. Yeah, yeah I suppose anyway. so. Although, That's content. It's yeah. content, yeah. Other times, pirates would force captives to run endlessly around the main mast of the ship until they passed out from exhaustion. Oh, which is <laughs> that's, that's I mean, that's like what you I do when you're like a it. senior in high school. You do that to freshmen like when you're a senior on the football team. Yeah, they're I mean, pirates. Uh, we do it. It's called track and field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't run with the trash bag on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it came to real torture, 
the result was far worse. Yeah. Amongst regular tortures like beating, whipping, and cutting, some buccaneers would tie a rope around a captive's head and tighten it more and more and more until the captive's eyes popped out of their skulls. Oh, man. <laughs> but the thing about these more gruesome tortures is that there was rarely an angle. Yeah, because they basically said, most of the time, if you were looking for booty and you needed them to tell you the location of something, they, they would like, chop your finger off until you said something, or they make you join mm -hmm. and they get it. These were all sadistic games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, Blackbeard wasn't at Charleston to show people that pirates were to be feared because they were cruel. He was there to show that pirates were to be feared because they were powerful. They lived the way they wanted to live, and nobody save the entire Royal Navy was going to stop them from doing it. Gar, yar, yar. <laughs> you gotta love it. And as it turned out, the blockade was highly profitable. In gold and silver alone, Blackbeard's crew had stolen the modern equivalent of $400,000 worth. And all they had to do was sit and wait around for a week while the plunder came to them. But this stunt did come at a price. After Charleston, the entirety of the American seaboard knew Blackbeard's name, which is exactly what Blackbeard wanted. Oh, yes. But it also made Blackbeard public enemy number one in colonial America. Yeah, now he's on he's on everybody's radar. Mm -hmm. And he has become the celebrity he's always wanted to become. They said this yeah. from his, like, and it, he didn't write journals. Because most of what we know about privateers and buc buccaneers came from their wartime journals. And pirates didn't journal. Yeah. Um, because, right. number one, they didn't want evidence. Because they knew it was evidence. And they also knew that they, they didn't care about their inner Not lives. Not to sound mm -hmm. super stupid, but also, uh, is it too wet to have paper. No, no they did dry cap. They had yeah, like a captain's okay. area and mm -hmm. shit. Like he had a little room he could be in. So he could have uh, done, he could have had a little L. Ron Hubbard room. Oh yeah, he definitely scribe. did. Oh yeah. He definitely did. But Blackbeard, he did, what they did know about him is that he wanted to be notorious. Yeah. Hmm. Furthermore, ports friendly to pirates were becoming fewer and fewer. Much of the Caribbean was now ruled by British authorities and anti-piracy laws made the prosecution and execution of pirates far easier. Mm. Individual governors, officers of the crown, and even major landowners were given the authority to hunt down pirates and hold trials, followed very swiftly by executions. As far as what happened to captured pirates, though, that all depended on who captured them. When a pirate was captured by the Dutch East India Company, for example, he would first be flogged with a cat of nine tails, then his forehead would be branded with the letter P for pirate. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Finally, he'd be hanged from the yard arm of the ship. Did we need to do the branding? <laughs> I mean, because I'm going to be hung anyway, so we could just go ahead and kill me, which seems to be the worst of all of them. But I've been screaming for now. It is funny when you hear, like, you know, uh, like plain view, like as a town, apparently that was something that was very reasonable. Pittsburgh pirates. I guess that the, the P that they have is actually this. Mm -hmm. You know what also maybe connects me spiritually to all this content? You know who else was a pirate? Who? Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> <laughs> he was. San Diego, San Diego Pirates. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah San Diego. Yeah, you know Saw San that. Diego. I yeah. did not know that. No. You didn't know that Bobby Bonilla, Bonilla no, played for San Diego. Someone sent me that picture and I was like, wow, it's amazing what you can learn. Yeah. <laughs> There's always, so much out there. I always knew him as a pirate myself. Interesting. Yeah. Big yeah. wide world out there, man. It yeah, is. It really is. However, <laughs> okay. being hung from the yardum was not the fate of Blackbeard. His death would be one of guns and swords. And it's with Blackbeard's final battle 
that we'll conclude our series next Woo. week. Yeah, awesome. dude, there's a lot more blood and guts, especially when it comes to Blackbeard's final stand, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, another thing that truly made him famous. I Next week, I'm going to talk about grenades. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. They make their own. Gr- Man, I didn't know how many ships were taken down by grenades. We'll yeah. talk about that. That's fucking sweet. Grenados. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking awesome. We'll Man, also get to talk about Black Caesar. Okay. Yeah, yeah Black Caesar. Coolest fucking dudes in the history of piracy. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Um, we are currently in St. Louis, mm. so we're excited for the show. We are. And we're uh, looking forward <laughs> to this St. Louis. Uh, I'm so sailing the ports of St. Louis. It's St. Louis. Are we near water here? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's the whole point of the thing. It's the, the separation. Okay. Yeah, but it's we're not near the ocean, are we? No, this, no, is a, no. this was a massive trade route. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't get the the sushi that the hotel that we're at right no, now no, is, uh, no, no, has no, on no, weekends. No, 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 St. Louis, no, no, no. St. Louis no, is no. known for its sushi. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The Mississippi <laughs> is yeah. some of the best sushi-grade fish <laughs> in the love, world. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, always, get, always yeah. get the sushi in anywhere in the Midwest. Yeah. Always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially <laughs> the portal to the Midwest. You're going to love it. Yeah, 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 it would be great because, you know, when you're violently shitting and stuff, we'll just put a camera on it and, again, content. Content, yeah. They have this great fish here called a lorg. It's going to, oh, man, it's Sounds good. It's a lord. And they're like, yeah. its specialty hero is made by nuclear radiation. Oh, isn't that nice? All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, any new announcements? Obviously, Soul Plumber, if you can get it, get it. It's out yeah. there. We uh, got a lot of shit there. coming up. Yeah, we you have get last all com- digital if you want. Okay, you yeah. get DC Direct or uh, Comixology available on both of those. If you want to check out all six issues, they're all out now. Check out the entire story of Soul Plumber. And we will have a bound hardcover version as well, but I don't know when. Cool. I think it's next year. Yep. Either, it's either next year or October, one of the two. It's, yeah. it's, hard to, it's hard to tell sometimes this wacky world of comic books. We do know that the Z2 comic book is uh, almost up. Pre- you can pre-order that at Z2comics.com. And that'll become the last comic book on the left, and we have more announcements coming towards that we got al- also well, Australia and Europe mm-hmm. oh yeah dude we can't dates. fucking wait oh, it's gonna we be fucking wait. sick I'm gonna spend my 40th birthday in Perth yeah man it's gonna be fucking <laughs> awesome we can't Never fucking did. wait to didn't, see didn't you. have that on my 2023 bingo card now oh it's a virus God. all right now it <laughs> it's is. a virus it's a <laughs> thought virus um, actual thought crime <laughs> we're coming around and also join us next 520 in our last technically what was our last show yeah but now it's not because we've got five more shows after it but now because we had to push but now we're back dude it's May 20th at the Beacon in New York City. We're coming home. That's a dream coming come home. true, honestly. Yeah, so thank wait. you all so much for your support. All right, everyone. Hail yourself. Hail Satan. Hail Geem. Magustulations. Yeah. Oh my God, you got it. You are now officially a pirate. Congratulations. Oh, you passed I want to go back to being a comedian. Yar. Yar. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM.